0: Um, okay so this is the Rose and dagger podcast. I'm Lauren uh, my URL is Kings of Everything. And I'm Nick. my URL
1: is um, Lou and has AF um, and on AO3 I am yes is a world. We have a special guest Woohoo! Yay! Tell us well, your
0: name and uh, your name and your URL and your AO3 Yeah if you want. Um, if you want, yeah.
2: <laughs> You're so kind. Um, I'm Eli, and my Tumblr is Gay Cousin Larry, and my AO3 is Moment of Clarity.
0: And we love you, and we're so glad to talk to you. Yay, yeah.
2: hey, I love you.
1: Um, so, we got some really great questions um, submitted to the podcast blog. Um, And one of them, um, Lauren and I had no idea how to answer. Um, (laughs) It was, um, do you have any advice for non-English speakers when it comes to writing a fic? Because TBH, it frightens me to death. Um, And since Lauren and I are both native English speakers, um, we thought we would bring in somebody who speaks Swedish. (laughs) (laughs) a very niche, like, language, (laughs) but yeah, I, I, I feel,
2: yeah, and then, like, I can definitely relate, so maybe I have something to say about it.
1: I think so. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you can go ahead.
0: Uh, Was it for, uh, like, scary for you to write your first fic?
2: Um, not really, um, because I kind of didn't like I was just trying to write something. I always, uh, I have this idea in my head and um, I was kind of like, let's just try to write it down and see what happens. I wasn't sure I was going to post it or anything like that. And then uh, a friend of mine was looking at it and she was like, of course you should post it. It's great. Um, Or you should continue to write um, on it. Um, So, I mean the actual posting like several months after I started writing and and, Um, that was a bit scary, but I also basically knew no one in the fandom by then. So I was like, no one's going to read this. So, um, I wasn't very scared, but I think that's grown more. Like the more I write, the more like perfectionist I get, or the more, um, I care about it. But, um, my advice is usually try to not care so much, but that's not very helpful. But, um... (laughs)
0: that like, was my I, experience too though i i didn't know hardly anyone i didn't have like i had no friends in the fandom other than nick and a few other people and um i didn't expect anybody to read my first yeah. fic um that i think is probably the safest way to start <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't know no anyone knows that's you. the best that's the best start so had you already been writing in English? Like, um, prior to? No, no. I mean, it's kind of because I did.
2: I've been like speaking and talking and writing English since I was a kid because I just yeah. enjoy it. Uh, but I never posted it anywhere. I didn't really like I just used English because I liked it. Um, so I wrote things for myself, but I wasn't I did definitely not see myself as a writer at all. Um, I was just like, I'm just going to try to write a fic. Um, so it wasn't, I was kind of used to using English, um, in general, but I hadn't, I'd never written a full story in English. So, um,
0: yeah, because I, I was thinking about it and obviously the person who sent the ask is on and on. So we don't know what their, um, their, experience level is with uh, with speaking i would assume that if they're writing a fic in english that they um it's not brand new to them you know yeah um, i think
2: for me it's just like the i took some notes notes um and my first one is to to like let go of this like idea of 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 like perfect grammar and like perfect sentence structure and just write try to like um get your mood your emotion your your concept across rather than like writing perfect English because that's gonna make you like doubt yourself a lot so try to like be focused on what you want to say rather than how exactly you're writing it down um so I think that's one good way to start to like Yeah, focus on that rather than being perfect English.
0: Right, because again, that's where your beta comes in.
2: Yeah, (laughs) big time.
0: (laughs) So it would be, it would probably be best if, uh, if their beta anonymous asker, if their, if their beta wasn't, uh, maybe was also wasn't also like whatever their native language is. They maybe have someone who has English as their first language um to be their beta so that like what we, we discussed last time, like just from um from the United States to the UK, yeah. even though it's English, there are like terms of phrase and things that aren't the same. Um and so things aren't gonna translate. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Even, um... even
1: like you wrote um totally blanking on the name of it the hope floats au um yeah place in texas and i live in new york and i've always been in the north um so I had to call my sister down in Texas for a few things because I was like, I think you, I think you use different words for things.
0: Yeah. Best beta ever who does <laughs> her research. It's true though. I mean, even from here, uh, from here to Texas, both, you know, being in the South, some of the the slang and stuff is different. Yeah. The accents are different. Which isn't yeah. to,
1: which isn't to freak somebody out who is um, who wants to write in English. Um, I think that proves that there's like a level of like difference, you know, um, that, you know, even in English, it's going to be different across the board. So, um, I think, um, sorry, (laughs) um, my first,
2: uh, two betas were, uh, not native English speakers, um, and. I think, I mean, because they were school taught just as I was in English, and of course you can, I think they're sort of fine <laughs> with grammar and stuff like that, but I think what's definitely helped beyond that is, as you said, like metaphors and expressions that just, I I don't even reflect that they sound strange to you, and you'll be like, what what, what does this mean? Or like, you, you, you kind of sort of get what I'm getting at, but you've never heard that phrase before. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, because I just directly translated it from Swedish and it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely more like the cultural um, part of
0: language that helps a lot too. Um, with the, uh, the FanWorks for Charity, one of the people that signed up um, to offer beta services also signed up to do... Um, like, three different types of, like, I'd never thought about Brit picking as there being, like, a different type, like, you could do, like, a different country. Like, I'd never really thought about, like, um, that you might need someone to uh, go over your fic if you'd set it in a completely different culture, because so many 1D fix are, like, UK or the United States, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> but um when uh when i was writing Merald harold i wanted somebody to go over the zane parts um because of the holidays and stuff um i didn't want to like overly americanize him um mm-hmm. and so i think it comes back to just um writing like you said not caring while you're writing just get your get your words out get your feelings out and then having a beta and then maybe you know if you need a Brit picker or somebody like that to go over it afterwards I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves to get things perfect on the first yeah, draft. yeah.
2: um and I also think like in general to just be try to not be so intimidated by uh people who, whose first language is English because like oh here's a cat <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm busy um, it's so and I mean it happens to me too I, I get like I freak out sometimes and I'm like do, do people understand a single word of what I'm saying like I I just sometimes I ask friends like am I making any sense like have I been making sense for a week now and usually I have but it's like it gets in your head and, and you're like you freak out um But I think to to try to think about how incredible it is to be writing in your second or third language and like be proud of that and and see that as like an asset or like you have perspectives that other people might not have and stuff like that to like. Definitely. Absolutely. Be proud of yourself and think about how amazing it is. You even like attempting or thinking of writing in another language. It's great.
1: Absolutely. I can't even fathom. Attempting it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, I have like the utmost respect for anybody who's able to do it.
0: Yeah. The, anyone who, when I read through a fic and it's like, uh, and they'll, people will put it in the notes, you know, and they always apologize. I'm like, please don't say you're sorry because yeah. <laughs> I could never even fill out the tags. Right. <laughs> but, you know, like, and I, yeah. you know, I probably took more you know, foreign language classes in college and high school than were necessary, but I don't, I'm, you know, United States, we like, (laughs) nobody (laughs) pushes that stuff. So it's not, um, it's not something that you carry through, I guess, for the rest of your life. Um, it, it's, it amazes me that anyone is willing to go and write and, uh, in English, and you know, and that's part of why I allow translations of my fix to other languages because um, one of the people, she doesn't really, B isn't really in fandom very much anymore. She has new kid and stuff, and so she's real busy, but um, not too old for the ship is her URL, and yeah. um, she learned to write. Uh, in English and read in English from fic and it like improved her speaking um she started out reading French and then decided there weren't enough fics and so she forced herself to read in English and um and it she said it was the like totally responsible for her um basically learning to speak and write in English and so um and also I, I don't really want anybody that you Know to look at my fic and go that I can't read that because I don't read that language. Um, That's it's very sympathetic, yeah. And it's but yeah. it's just amazing to me. Some of the like the word counts and stuff, and I'm like, you're just you know, second language, third language, it's amazing. But yeah. for the Anon, I would say there really are a lot of, of writers who are writing, you know, and not writing in English and yeah. it's not first language like they're definitely not alone absolutely I know I I have
2: several friends who write like who who live in other countries and all over Europe and and they're all amazing um and as it's like as always you can just always edit you can always ask for help so just do it and um I mean always like also talk to people like people could always come ask me things and obviously like listen to this, uh, very <laughs> helpful. <laughs> um, but you know, um, so like try to not be so scared. Um, and, um, I think like you said, um, to, to read, uh, in English has been, I mean, that's the way I taught myself listening to like radio and, um, stuff like that. Just reading thick has helped me so much in like both as a writer to learn how to write, because I didn't really see myself as a writer. And the more I read, the more I sort of get inspired and learn new ways to write. Um, but that's also, I think, with language and, and learning how to write in another language, you get so much more, like your language become um, a lot richer um, because you, you always have like, I don't know how many hours I spend like, okay, so I know how to say this specific thing but I've said this specific thing in this specific way like a thousand times in this fic. I need a new way to say this. So I always like Google and I look for synonyms and like just, yeah, try to, to make my language a bit more like rich and like, yeah, um, flowery or whatever. Um,
0: just the variety. Awesome. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So I have a question about that. Do you, do you ever write in like, Swedish first and then use, like, any sort of, like, translation service or, like, Google Translate or anything like that? Or do you, um, are you at a point now where you can just write it all, like, straight in English?
2: Um, I, I don't know if this is, like, relevant for other countries, but Swedish is the most awkward language in the world. Like... <laughs> if I try to write something like that is not just facts or like an essay for uni or something like that but like something that's supposed to be pretty in Swedish it just sounds so awkward and so like stiff and weird so for me English is a lot easier to use even if it's not correct it's it's still a lot more like easier to paint a picture and to be like yeah. Um, so I never I never really translate. It's more about like specific um, words or uh, expressions and stuff like that, that I don't know. Um, or I might just ask you. So <laughs> it's like, I don't really no, I don't really use Swedish like that. Um, I don't think no.
0: Yeah. So yeah. then just maybe specific things, like just certain phrases you might say. I know what this is in Swedish and then translate it like a, a word or something, but not like a whole, okay. I get what you're yeah, saying.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like anytime I've mean not that I'm not that I speak other language. So, so like sometimes I'll pop something in Google translate and then it always like comes back weird, you know, just because, yeah. The, um, sentence structure and things like that.
2: Yeah. That's kind of what I'm like. One of my, um, friends uh one of my best friends she's greek and uh when she's writing in greek um we miss her yeah we miss her (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so like whenever i she writes something in greek i you know i copy paste and then i like put it in google translate and i'm like this isn't even i mean it's a few words but it doesn't make any sense whatsoever so i'm Like, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really trust that kind of, like, it's better to, to, like, try to write in English, I think, and get it, like, of course you could, like, put down, if you, like, don't want to start Googling, you can always just write the Swedish words or whatever for, like, until you can look it up, but, um, in my, like, I, that would be too weird, like, I, I don't know.
0: I keep thinking of the paper jam translation where it's like paper uh marmalade <laughs> 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 a, it was a, I think it was like a, it was on like twitter or something yeah it's like uh, if you translate paper jam to um i think it was tra- i think it might have been spanish or italian i can't remember but anyway that was how it It translated it and so yeah that's you'll run into that with with google translate and yeah just writing it like um even writing in english um certain phrases or i'll get to something and i don't know how to word it and so i'll like highlight that section or write you know like in all caps so that i definitely catch it when i go back through to go and um figure out what i need to say there um I think this goes back to like this Anon, it goes back to like the pressure um, to uh, be like, to feel like your fic is like a huge success when that's an unrealistic um, expectation. Yeah, for sure. And I don't, I'm not real sure where that has, where that came from. I think the three of us probably can't really relate to that. Cause like we've all three said that our first fic, we were just like, no one's ever going to read it. Yay! <laughs> well, my first fic
1: was a gift for somebody who I loved their writing. So it was like a weird added pressure. That's oh, yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Like, And um, it was a pinch yeah. hit. What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> the worst case scenario. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite fics though. I have such a soft spot for it. Yeah, so so it did all work out, but, um, yeah, no, I don't know. I think the, the whole, like, expectation thing, I think some of it comes from, um, you know, the fandom used to be really, I think, a lot bigger. And I think FIX back in, like, the heyday got a lot more hits. Um, so I think people who, like, read through that and experienced that are maybe now disappointed with, um, with their hits and stuff at the moment. Yeah. Um, But I don't know, I also, I have such a weird, like, my fics that have the most hits are not my personal favorites that I've written, and my ones that, like, I hold near and dear to my heart, and I love so much, are some of my, like, least read fics, and I know some of that reason, but some of it also, I'm just like, I don't understand why some of my fics have done as well as they have, like, there's no, there's not, like, a formula you can follow, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> more popular than others. Unless you have one and you've been holding out on me.
0: <laughs> I think that uh, f- it, for me, w- the more I put of myself into a fic and the more emotional, like just the writing processes for me, the more attached I become to the fic. And so if it doesn't do as well as something else, that maybe I wrote, you know, really quickly. Um, I, I always think of my Christmas fic when we talk about stuff like this, um, find you home because I wrote it right after don't want shelter. And I wrote it because I wanted to write something tropey for Christmas. And then it like, it got a lot of hits and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> what's <laughs> happening? Um, and so, uh, and that you just can't really predict what people will like. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, um, and on, and then that's comes back to, you know, you kind of have to write it for, like, you definitely write for other people, but you write for yourself. And you know that some people will appreciate it. Like, I know that Nick likes what I write. And I know that you like what I write. You leave yeah. the best comments.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's easy when the thick is good um but like I think for me it's I don't really like I understand the concept of wanting people to love and appreciate something that you've spent your time and your effort into making uh you know uh but for me it's always been I I don't know like I have for I think it's it's just like to protect myself but I always have very very low expectations and then I'll be like for every comment for every kudos for every hit I'm going to be happy and happier <laughs> the more hits sure but like I don't really have and maybe it's also because I'm really bad at numbers like I can't remember what's like a normal or like good level of kudos or hits or whatever I I don't I can't remember that so to me it's more like oh I have three messages in my inbox that's amazing uh you know I'm gonna be really excited to read them um so I think it's also about like I don't that doesn't mean either that I don't like like my own writing because I love when I post something I love it like I don't really it becomes my baby and I'm like really proud of it so what once I've posted it I sort of let it go and I'm like well, you're out there in the world now. I've done my job. If someone likes it, then that's great. But like, if nobody likes it, then they're missing out. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, that's, it's that's I try to think true. about it like that.
0: That's a great outlook. I love that, though, because that's the best way to look at it, because there really is nothing that you can do once it's out there, except for leak the fic. I mean, and why would you put all that work into it? Um, It's... Um, I think 2000, we, Nick and I went through and and did a little math, not anything related to the podcast, but we were curious about like the peak of our fandom as far as fic goes. And I think we found that oddly enough, it was like 2014, uh, like to like beginning of 2015, which I thought was really strange. Mm. And, um, as far as just numbers, Um, numbers of fics and then also our fandom is notorious for a low uh, kudos um, ratio like the hits to kudos Um, I, I have like some theories about that I think it's not probably the real people fiction versus I think that has something to do with it like I think if we went and looked at or fandoms with real people fiction maybe the kudos might be similar but then i don't really know Wait, both of you are hockey fandom yeah so uh, i don't know (laughs) anything about the uh uh the kudos ratios there but yeah it's like um so many people in our fandom just read a fic and close it out and don't kudos or comment and um
2: yeah, I think, um, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think that there's something to that. Um, because, like, I know r- writers who've written in, like, other um, fandoms uh, for, for, like...
1: Uh... Oh! All
0: you... right. <laughs> it's a connection lost! It's the hurricane that's coming to get me, you guys! Oh, no! What it was the last thing I said? Because it just, like, cut me off.
2: What I'm talking about. So I don't, I don't even remember <laughs>
1: I got so confused. I was like, "What, what is happening?" Oh <laughs> my God. Real, real people. Um, no, the real people. Um, kudos maybe having a different. Yeah. Um, different level
0: of kudos. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. there are so many people in our fandom that just don't kudos and comment. And oh, uh, what I was saying was that it's so many are fandom has a large percentage of people that this is their first fandom their first experience with fan fiction yeah yeah and so they don't have that um background of of knowing how to i guess properly interact with authors and and things like that where like other fandoms you know like um like harry potter fandom uh they had a huge presence on live journal that's the first big bang ever was uh was uh Harry and Draco. Um and uh and so they get like a much larger percentage um and more people interact on uh on their fix. Um and so just because their fandom is older and they know how to, you know, do that. Yeah, I think that's definitely
2: part of it too, like just to um... I mean, understand also that it's like, you want fake and everyone's screaming about how few fics are being posted now, which is obviously not true, but it's also like, there's just something skewed about the expectations and then the low, like, um, interaction with the, the writers. And I don't even know like what to do about it. Cause I think we're all always talking about it too. Um, so maybe lower your expectations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my first tip.
0: Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Don't expect to uh, fic to just, like, become, like, the next fandom classic because that is not ever something that you can predict. And um, uh, what was I going to say? Damn it. I had a thought. <laughs> Happens a lot. <laughs>
1: I mean, if, if anybody is out there uh, listening, you know, uh, a hits to kudos ratio is important to you. Um, I would also suggest, like, stepping outside of the Larry fandom, um, specifically within 1D, because if you write other pairings, then people who read those other pairings are so happy to get new fix. Um, you know, I feel like some of my other pairings um, maybe have, like, higher ratios and especially with, like, comments and stuff, so um, that might also be a thing. But also, on the other hand, like, I feel like the hits-to-kudos ratio can sometimes be skewed because I know, like, I had somebody tell me that they've read, like, one of my fics, like, a lot of times, which is really lovely and very kind of them.
0: That is the craziest thing to me when people are like, yeah, this is the fifth time I've read your fic, and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) I know. Oh, and there's no. I mean, sure. people are. Comments are always less than kudos then to begin with. But like, um, you know, when I when I thought about that, and I was like, oh, I was like, well, my hits might be higher because people are rereading it. That sort of like blew my mind,
0: um, a little bit. So, anyway. No. And also, I think there our fandom is so divided, and um, you know, with. Uh, Larry's and then non Larry's, and then, you know, even among Larry's, there's division. And then, especially in the fic world, there's even the like different like division. And then, like, people maybe don't want the, their AO3 account to have kudos a fic. By, yeah. you know, an author. Oh, that, yeah. They don't want, you know, anyone to see their, their AO3 name listed among the kudos for, you know, uh, some author that maybe is controversial or, um, you know, whatever. Uh, like if they, you know, aren't a Larry, but they write Larry Fick or, or whatever reason people will have for not... <laughs> Whatever contrived reasons people have for not reading. Um, uh, but I do believe that people still read these fics, um, especially like the really good fics, um, but they just want to do it in secret. That's just a theory. Sure. Just
2: some thoughts. Um, I would also say for like, uh, for readers uh, when it comes to comments uh, that if, I don't know if I'm the only one who does this, but um, if I don't, like I'm an emotional person, <laughs> so like if a fic um, makes me like very emotional or makes me think about like a lot of things or whatever, like if I if I finish it and I don't feel like I'm in the headspace to write a comment, I will just like not close the close the fic and I'll save it for later. So like just like a couple of days ago, I went through like. 10 facts that I had finished but I hadn't commented on so I was like okay I'm going to sit down and do this now and like give these people feedback uh, so you can always do that too like if, if you think it's like oh I don't have the time or I don't have the energy to to give or you could always just leave you know great fic of course but like if you want, feel like you want to write something more uh, you can always just do it a bit later just a little comment uncommenting <laughs>
0: It's no, fun. and that's, that's smart.
1: Because
0: yeah. I think a lot of people feel like comment pressure to say more than just, uh, you know, I loved this, which is I'm that commenter, I say, like, I loved your fic, or this was great. Or um it's like, I read it. And while I'm reading, like certain parts will stick out to me. And I'm like, okay, I need to remember this for when I comment later, but then I get to the end. <laughs> and I got nothing. <laughs> but like, I love you and you're you know? and, like that's all I can say. Yeah. But that's fine. As a writer, you can yeah. you can just like nonsensical like just letters on the keyboard and that's those are some of the best, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> people people screaming like nonsense in your inbox is some of the, the best stuff. Yeah. Um I but... like
1: comments on like old picks. Um because I think sometimes you get it, you know, you put out a new pick and you get like sort of a You know, I feel like I'm lucky enough that I get comments and stuff like right when it posts. Like a bump. Um, Yeah, like a little bump right when you post it. And then, you know, so if I get comments on Fix that are maybe a little bit older, I get so excited. Yeah. Like, oh, people are still reading this old thing that I wrote years
0: ago. And then you have to go back through and check for typos again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't
2: do that. <laughs> I, do. I, I I go through it, but I don't uh, look for typos. I just go through it and be like, yeah, this was so good. I agree.
0: <laughs> I'm, so, I'm rereading. I'm rereading. Don't want shelter. Um, since, you know, there's a hurricane. Um, what's like cracking me up is that this hurricane is like doing so many things. My hurricane Nicole um, named after you, uh, <laughs> Did um and uh, so it's 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 made me laugh. But then a couple because I've been reblogging the posts and stuff, and uh, so people have been reading it, and I've gotten uh, a couple of messages about it, and that's just so great to hear, even though it's coming up on two years um, since I posted it. Um, yeah. And so yeah, getting like fake comments on something older is is amazing. So you're like, oh, because I think people really do stop. Like it's like I want to say like maybe three months or something. It's like people see that, like, published date or the post date of your fic, and they're like, oh, that was, you know, in January. Guess they don't care about comments anymore. And then this don't, like, the hits will keep going up, but the comments stop, which, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I'm just like, whatever.
2: But it's so weird. Like, I I mean, I kind of understand it, but it's also like, it's the same inbox. Like, it's not like you have... (laughs) everything comes to the same place so it's not like you're gonna miss it or be like oh I don't care about that anymore it's like you obviously still if you still have it up it's still something that people that you hope people to read um so like definitely give comments on older things as well um and to me like I don't feel like I posted my first fic in 2017 and I still feel like I'm a very new writer and that everything I've written is very recent. So like if people comment on my first fic or my second fic, I'm still like, oh God, I just like, I mean, I'm still sort of like excited about that I ha- I've posted those at all. So yeah, just please comment on all fics
0: <laughs> if you like. If if you want to. Um, No, I feel the same way um, about, and this was, we didn't actually talk about talking about this with you, but this was your question about being um, a newer writer and, um, and being older. Um, And so we're kind of both in that same place. Um, My first fic went up uh, three years ago this October. So October of 2016, and that was the first thing I'd ever written. And so we were wondering if you had any specific things about, um, like questions about being older when Um, you first started writing.
2: I think it's more about like self perception and sort of like, because I know a lot of people who've written, like, I don't know if this is a thing everywhere, but like in school, there were always those people who wrote, um, and, like, they were always, like, I always had this idea of who they were, um, that they were these creative people who are people who write, and they, they've they written since they were, like, 10 years old. Oh, cat again. <laughs> 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 um, the cat thinks um,
0: talking to them. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so, uh, to me, that's been kind of, even after I posted a couple fics, I was, like, I I didn't call myself a writer in any way like I was just like I just put something up you know very like intimidated by that whole concept of like seeing myself as a creative person who uh, writes and who like puts effort into your writing and stuff like that so that's I guess that's I mean it's it's vague but that's kind of what I was like thinking about how if you've thought about that how how to like become or like see yourself as something new when you're not like 15 years old.
0: Um I I still struggle with that. Uh I think I had the same sort of perception of people um growing up I had a friend who was always writing poetry and stories and um and things like that and she sang <laughs> and she was so talented, yeah. and uh, and and we're still friends, you know, to this day. But you have this like idea in your head of what it means to be a creative person, and I think that, um, you know, uh, y- you you think it's someone who's always who's always been that way, you know, who grew up as yeah. the artsy kid or the the writer kid, and. Um, uh, I I love, um, is it, uh, Neil Gaiman? I follow him on Tumblr, um, uh, who has written about, um, how old he was when he first, his, his first things that he wrote and how he keeps everything and how they're really crappy, (laughs) 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 really, really bad, but that he keeps them. Um, and, uh, but it, it, it is hard to, to think of yourself as a creative person when it's not been something that you've done your whole life. Um, to just be like, well, I wrote something, so that means I'm a writer.
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, I wonder how much of this is, um, well, it's weird because I was that kid in that I was, I when I grew up, I was always writing. That was like my favorite pastime was to go like lock myself in my room and like write. Wow. Um, and, but I, I never thought of myself as a creative kid. I thought the kids who could do like actual art for, like they creative kids you know like i just thought i was like a nerd um so i think um i think self perception i think can be a weird thing but i think i think there's a thing about being women and um being an, a woman of a certain age like you should there's some ageism in there as well um yeah. you know, that you should only be taking care of your fam- your family and you should You know, not have childish interests like boy bands um, and all of that. And I think I like how I've sort of like come into my own a little bit more, I think, through fandom and having an outlet and, um, you know, sort of saying screw it to like all those things that I should be doing um, versus what I want to be doing, which is reading and writing one direction fan fiction (laughs) multitudes. I can still take care of my family. I can still watch my kid and I can, you know, do this other thing at the same time. And it's
0: not like, um, it's not like you grow up and all of your interests disappear. I think that I have more varied interests at 42 than I did at 32. And then that I did at 22, um, but I was going to say imposter syndrome too. There's a lot of that um, where you feel like you're faking it, you know? Um, But uh, yeah, I, I I care less about what other people think. And uh, I think a lot of that is with age, but then a lot of it is with our fandom and the support group, like our supportive, you know, uh, fan, the parts of our fandom that are so supportive uh, with writing. And then also like sexuality and, um, all sorts of things. Um, they've changed, it's changed who I am as a person. It's made me a better person. It's made me a better mom, um, and a better friend. Um, it's made me see the world differently. Um, and, uh, it's, but I do still struggle with, uh, considering myself um, a writer or an artistic person, um, when, uh, there's also the, well, you're not being paid for it thing, like, you know, it's not your job, so, like, who cares? (laughs) Nobody's paying me for anything, you know? (laughs) Um, I can do what I want, um, but, like, uh, I think there's also this, like, well, you're not trained for it and you, well, you didn't go to school for it. And so, you know, you're just, you're not a, again, not a professional. You're an amateur writer. Um, and, uh, like as if that makes it less valuable and I yeah. don't, you know, and that's not true, obviously.
2: Uh, I think for me it was, and that's also gotten better as I've gotten older because you realize that, okay, so this, I mean, I turned 30 in two weeks and I've always been sort of, <laughs> sort of scared of that, uh, which is ridiculous because as as I get, get older, I obviously get to know more people of more ages and I know myself and I know my friends and I realize that I'm, I'm the same person I was 10 years ago, uh, but more like even more like into things, like you said. Um, and I think, I mean, I started writing like, a couple years ago, and even, like, with playing drums, like, I thought if you are going to start an instrument, you need to be, like, 15 years old, and that's your only shot, you know, um, so I was, like, okay, I'm just never going to learn playing drums because, like, it's too late for me, which is, I mean, I know I'm very young, like, in, but still, it's just a mental, like, thing that, that happened, and last year, I started playing, and it's, like, I'm having the time of my life, so it's, like, I think it's about, um, like, challenging yourself to, like, just don't give a fuck, basically, and, and like, feel, like, get like how do, how do you say, um, like, respect yourself as a person, even, like, feel like you're a whole person, you're not just your age, you're not just your, a mom or a sister or whatever, you're, like, a whole person who deserves to have like and do things that you enjoy
1: um and I think there's also like you know our fandom you know there's people who are in their 40s and their 50s and their 60s and their 70s yeah fandom and it's like to me you know I'm still in my 30s and it's like well if I can still be in fandom for another 40 years like that's amazing (laughs) yeah Start, you know I
0: could I could probably start to learn to draw and be a (laughs) great artist in 40 years the the drum thing made me think because um when uh when I was a kid I always wanted to learn to play the drums and um like circumstances when everybody else in school started band class I wasn't able to start band class and so um I, I never did and I don't know how Play any instruments. I can't read music um, or anything. Uh, I mean, I, you know, sort of can, but like, um, so. Uh, and my husband's the same. He played uh, brass instruments and stuff. Always wanted to learn how to play piano, so we're like, let's get a piano and like our kids can have piano <laughs> lesson <laughs> um, But I've noticed that even with them and their children, they they well, if I haven't already done it, I can't do it now. Like, yeah. you know, you can totally start, uh, you know, playing the flute <laughs> if you want to <laughs> play the flute, and it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, you don't have to have been into uh, anime for a decade to get into anime. Like, you're more than welcome to get into whatever you want to get into and enjoy it. And so um, our fandom I, has helped me with that um, to to really just, like, let go of like what i think other people expectations are for me and to just do what i want to do within reason um, <laughs> and, but like the drawing thing that you just said i've always wanted i was this i was the nerdy you know the math then science kid, uh, growing up, I have two younger sisters and it was always that I was the, the, the one with the grades and the middle, my middle sister was the artsy one. And then my youngest sister was like the rebel. Um, and, uh, and there's like pigeonholes, you know, and, um, and I tell my kids all the time, like you, you can be good at math, And also be into drawing and good at drawing and writing stories and whatever. You can't, you don't just pick one thing. It's not like your entire life is choosing a college major. You can be, you know, good at at things, you know, like I've, the older I get, the more I'm like, well, I can probably try to do that. And so um, this year I started crocheting. Um, I had done a little bit before that, but nothing you know, I always got bored with it and threw it out. <laughs> I have a lot of <laughs> yarn. Um, but I've also taught myself how to sew. And as I've gotten older, I've decided that, you know, I don't have to have always been doing something in order to start doing something new. Uh, most of the fun things that I do, I've started doing after I turned 30. That's when I started baking. That's when I started sewing. Um so all of that, like prior to, I was like, well, I can never start running. I can't be a runner if I haven't been running my whole life. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's definitely, uh, it's great to, to, to think about it like that. And, and obviously you learn your whole life and you start new things. Um, but I was thinking also about like how maybe there's an expectation that um like nick was talking about when you reach a certain age and you like i don't understand like the logic behind it because it's like once you turn a certain age you're just supposed to like erase everything that you've liked so far in life and get new interests like that's a concept that you sort of hear about um that you're like when you're this age you're not supposed to like one direction or fanfic or whatever and that's also such a strange thing because I've always been a fandom person that's who I am as a person like even if like it's just how I interact with like media or like a book or like whatever I, I get into I always seek out the fandom if I get to a certain level of loving it so it's like I can't I- even imagine like the concept of not being like 30 40 50 60 in fandom because what am I supposed to do <laughs> like, with everything that I have in me? Like, I can't really fathom that. So,
1: yeah. And and I think also like with all of this, you know, like you were saying, like your interests vary, you get into more things, you, you experience more. And I think specifically with writing too, that makes your writing so much richer because, yeah. you know, I don't think I could write the things I'm writing now when I was 15 because my worldview was so um, narrow, you know, and now, um, you know, the idea of being 15 and writing, um, gay men would have like, you know, I would not have been able to do it for, you know, a whole number of reasons, but, you know, I think, you know, the situations I put my characters in and, you know, the things they're going through, like, I think you, I think not that if you're young, you can't, you, you can't have a vivid, a vivid imagination and write these great things. But for me, I think, you know, having been through things and having, you know, lived these experiences, I can, I can take things and put them in fix in a different way now than I would have been able to, you know, when I was younger. Um, and it makes me excited to think about the things I can write, you know, 20 years from now um, and what other experiences yeah. I'll have, you know, to say something about.
2: Yeah, definitely. And like, since for me, I have only ridden for a few years, it's like it's such a huge, important part of my life now. And to think that it didn't used to be like, I, I, I can't even. I mean, I'm um, like, I've always been a daydreamer. I spend like 85% of my like time awake, uh, not being really connected to reality. Like, I'm always somewhere else. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like, it's like. I'm constantly somewhere else. So like for me, it was a matter of like learning how to put those uh, like stories and characters um, into writing. Uh, but just now I feel like I've found a way to like, I don't know, use my imagination and use those stories. And and uh, like you said, like just thinking about all the characters that I'll get to know like in the future and like that I'll like being like the, the the environment or in the like everything that you'll be inspired to write like in like five or 10 years from now. That's so incredible. Like I haven't even thought about that. You just blew my mind. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's
0: true. Even, uh, even though, even though Nick, even though you've been writing your whole life, this is you, you've not, uh, Steadily written. Sure. You took a big break, yeah. and so we're all like really new to uh, to doing this. And and even if we'd been doing it for ten years or longer, we've still got so much more time in which like to improve and um and and just like I think that even in three years, like just like the emotional depth of characters, it's uh. I feel more connected to them, and so I really look forward to, you know, like 50 and what that's going to be like. Um, about being afraid about turning 30, um, I was totally afraid about turning 30. For my 30th birthday, we went to Savannah. It flooded. The entire downtown area of Savannah, Georgia was flooded. We ended up stuck in our hotel the whole time we went to the mall. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, and uh but and then, you know what's funny is we went down there and I was so just like this is the crappiest thing I was pregnant and I didn't know with my daughter and um but then and then after 30 is when you know I started just doing more and and being more creative and stuff and so I do really um 40 was pretty cool although I was living in a camper at that time Um, and I think 50 is going to be amazing, but you grow up with like your parents or other adults as this weird, untouchable old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so something that I've tried to keep, I tell my kids a lot is that, you know, I'm still a person, you know, and also I may be your mom, but this is definitely the first time I've done this. So I'm learning as I go, you know, Mm. um, I'm no mom expert. Um, and, uh, I'm no like expert at being a human or anything like that. And we're all learning. Um, and uh, I tell them, you know, I remember being your age. Like my oldest is 13. Like I remember being 13. I was miserable and so dramatic at 13. Mm. Um, but still that person, that person, it's like um, you just build your, who you are builds on top of who you were. And none of that, it doesn't go away. It's like the structure that's holding up the person that you are now. Like you can't get rid of that. Um, You'd be like a person with like amnesia or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll never forget my mom. um, I was in high school and my mom got a new like dining room set. Um, And she like, it was like, you know, they came and they delivered it and she like stood back and looked at it. And she was like, I feel like an adult now. And like, I, my mind was blown because, like, I didn't, like, now I understand, I understand exactly, like, what she was thinking. Um, you know, that you, that there, you know, you, you you don't feel like you're an adult as you get older until there's, like, these markers that happen. And even then, it's still, you're still you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's
2: also one thing that I struggle with because I don't, uh, I'm not married. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. I don't really, like... I'm not looking to buy a house or anything. I'm very happy just, like, in my situation as it is. And that makes me, like, I know that there's nothing wrong with that. But I also feel a lot of expectations on, like, what you need to do to become an adult. And since I'm not going to do those things, I just kind of feel like, will I always be a kid? Because that's sort of the markers of, that you've been taught throughout your life, like how to become A real woman or become an adult and it's like so society is just gonna see me as a kid my whole life is that you know uh so that's also something that sort of screws with my head a bit um even though like I understand that it's just like a construct of like norms and stuff but it's still um a bit weird
0: I I totally get that and I'm really glad that you're happy with your life, because I think that that's wonderful. Um, there are so many people who make decisions like that because they think that they're supposed to. Um, and it doesn't leave room for like error or anything like that, you know, or, um, exploring who you are, um, when you've got to be married at 25 and have your first kid before you're 30, God forbid your ovaries, you know, whatever they're (laughs) supposed to be doing. (laughs) You know, like it's, you can have a kid when you're, you know, uh, in your forties, my, one of my friends just had a baby last month and she's a year older than me. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and even if you don't want to have kids, um, I do have a friend who said almost that exact same thing to me. She got married because she felt like it was the next step that they, they'd been together for like 10 years. And so they decided first, it was like, well, I guess we have to live together. Okay. <laughs> I guess we have to get married, you know, like, um, and I mean, I was like, you know, you don't have to, but that's fine. And, uh, and then it was like, I guess, we have to have kids. And I'm like, you really don't, you know, like don't just cause you think that's what the next step is, you know, like it's not what you have to do. And so I'm really happy that you know that and that you, you know, you also know that like, you're more than welcome to like decide you want to buy a house in five years, but also who, you know, don't, you know, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> You do what's right for you, and um, and if that is uh, is not getting married, my um, growing up, my parents started dating when they were 12 and 13, and they are in their mid to late 60s. But growing up, their best friends were never married, they are um. Uh, they were, uh, the, there were a, het, a heterosexual couple. There was, um, uh, I don't like names. Uh, mm-hmm. The man passed away a few years ago and it was like really awful, but like he grew up with my mom and he was her best friend, uh, growing up. And so they've known e- they knew each other their whole lives, but I grew up with this couple who had been together for decades that was their choice. You know, they didn't want to be married. Um, So I grew up knowing people who called uh, their partner, their partner. Um, And I think, the more of that that you see, the more normal it becomes for other people. And um, so it's important for me to for my kids to see um, that, you know, it's not necessary that you grow up and do all these things at certain ages. It's weird with kids because people will be like, you know, oh, you're going to go to college when you're 18. And I'm like, they can do what they want when they're 18. (laughs) And then people get mad. They're like, you're not going to make them go to college. And I'm like, do you know how much that costs? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, you know, if they don't really want to go, I'm not like going to force anybody to do anything like that you know but there are there are so many societal expectations like that come with age and you just have to it's good that you are able to see it that way i'm really happy about that
1: yeah (laughs) Um, can we can we loop it back to the beginning is there anything else um that anybody has to say about writing in native languages Do
0: you have any other notes? Don't apologize. apologize.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't apologize. Uh, Be
2: proud of yourself for even, like, attempting to write uh, in another language. And English isn't, like, it's just the language that is easiest to use because it's common, but it's not, like, better than your language. It's not better than anything, like, that you already know. So, it's just another thing to learn. Um, so, um, yeah, try to, like, just let yourself be creative. And um, you can always edit. You can always get help from other people. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the main.
0: Don't be main afraid things. to ask for help. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the, that swings back to the beta thing, too, you know. Don't be afraid to reach out um apparently people are afraid to talk to me i did not know that was a thing (laughs) i am not a scary person most of the time Um, as long as i've had coffee i'm pretty good to go Um, but don't be afraid to reach out to anyone and um or make a post uh saying that you're looking for a beta with a few details and then like you can always message me and uh and i'll reblog You and I know that you guys will too. And we have a a fairly decent sized group of people who will definitely help you find a beta. Um, So, yeah, don't worry about it when you're writing it. If you're worried about translation stuff, be worried. Don't just let it go, write what you want to write, and then you can fix it in the editing process. Yep, yeah, absolutely.
2: And like, remember that not everyone who writes fake. Has English as their first language. So you're not alone. So, and
0: not everyone who reads ficken and English has English as their first language. Oh,
2: definitely not.
0: So, so they might yeah. not even know what you know, wh- you could be worried about some phrase uh, translating and they may, it may translate just fine, but they still might not <laughs> understand it because <laughs> it might not make sense in their language. Yeah. So. Of course, of course. And have fun. Yeah. I mean, I know writing can be stressful and. You know the pressure that we put on ourselves to do things perfectly, Um, but remember that it's fun, and that's why you're doing it. I hope. Yeah, I think that's Um, good advice. Okay, I want to say, are we gonna kind of mention what we might be talking about next time? Sure. Do you remember what that might be? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Point of view. Point of view. I want to know. Oh, we had somebody that asked about the pros and cons of doing a fest versus doing stuff on your own. Right. So we can talk about that.
1: Yes. And at some point soon, um, Big Bang signups are coming up. October um, 1st. October 1st. So we we also are going to do a whole episode based around Big Bang um, and that process. Um, So if people have questions about any of that, please submit them and we will um, do our best to answer.
0: And, and maybe we can get Emu to come and talk to us since she is both a writer and an artist. Yeah. Okay. Mind blowing kind of people. Yeah.
1: So right. we should
0: we should sign off. Are we done? What's happening?
1: Um, yeah, we're done. I gotta go. No, <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, you gotta go to work. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Um we will one day eventually we'll have some music here. Da-da-da-da. Um <laughs> <laughs> thank you to our guest. Okay, now you say who you are again.
2: Uh, I'm Erily, Gay, Cous- Gay Cousin Larry on Tumblr, and Moment of Clarity on AO3. Yes, hey. thank you so much. This was so much thank
0: fun. Thank you. I know, it was so much fun talking to you. Love you. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> All right, Nick, now you go.
1: <laughs> um, I am Nick. I am uh, Lou and has AF on Tumblr, and yes, is a world
0: on AO3. And I'm Lauren, uh, Kings of Everything, uh, formerly Full On Larry, and this is the Rose and Dagger Podcast.
1: Woo. Oh. <laughs> Bye, everyone! Bye! Bye. <laughs>